Hey everyone, I figured you'd all be clamoring for news from Israel this morning, so here I am. Let's digest this together. I didn't sleep much last night. Uh, I went to sleep late. We went to Tel Aviv, my husband and I, to a lovely Milche Cafe where you can look up and see Dizzying Off Center right there, three beautiful buildings in the center of Tel Aviv, the biggest and most energetic city in Israel in so many ways. And uh, yeah, we took a minute to discuss our future and to discuss the safety of our children and to prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. We're always hoping for the best, but we're always preparing for the worst. And unfortunately, Israel woke up to the worst this morning. This morning we had, I mean, all night long, there were rumors that there was a terrible incident in Gaza uh, a bunch of soldiers, a, a very large number, and something terrible happened. And of course, we're all just like, and here in Israel, they don't announce the soldiers who die overnight until six o'clock in the morning. So if you hear about it at 2 a.m., you're not sleeping. So all of us were basically crawling on Twitter and also reminding one another not to spread rumors because we don't know. We don't know until we know. There were rumors about hostages being released that proved to be false. And those things hurt people. It gets people's expectations up. You know, our emotions are not a game, and we, we really have to be um, sensitive before we just start sharing things that, you know, we think could alarm people. Trust me, everyone's alarmed. You don't have to share any more bad news. The people who don't want bad news don't want to hear it. The people who need to hear it, they'll know. So I'm not here to share, share bad news. I'm here just to digest it, and as a matter of fact, learn something with you. I want to learn something with you because I feel like that's the right thing to do today. I lit a yard site licht. I lit 21 for the Chayalim. I said Baruch Dayanemes for each and every one of them. I looked at their pictures. I said their name. I'll probably give a coin for each of them for their neshamas in their memory. And then I'll learn something. And I'll learn something that will mechazik me, will strengthen me, and connect me closer and deeper to Eretz Yisrael, the land that I love, the land that I need, the land that I am. <laughs> I am the land. That's the bottom line. I am the land. And so are you. But on a very somber note. Unfortunately, the rumors were verified this morning, and all of us that were online early started crying. Just first we heard that 10 soldiers were killed, and that was just like a sock in the chest. And then a couple hours later, after they announced publicly that there were more than 10, we discovered there were in fact 21, 21 Miluim, reservists who are called up to defend Israel, fathers, sons, brothers, friends, Israelis, Jews, non-Jews, the whole gamut. 21 guys who went off to war, their proud parents hugging them tight as they crossed the threshold of their homes and leave to serve their country in a very, very dangerous and intense war. Well, they're not coming back. They were killed in Gaza and their families got the visit the dreaded visit, the knock on the door. And this hurts everyone. I mean, just think about the amount of people that were up last night not being able to reach their husbands, their sons, their brothers, their fathers, or their friends, knowing that they were in Gaza where a terrible incident that took a lot of lives just transpired, unfortunately. Baruch Daina Emes. Baruch Daina Emes. Blessed be the true judge. We must remember that Hashem judges the world. Hashem decides we cannot understand. And we don't have to understand. 
What we have to do now is mourn. Today we mourn. Today we light yardside candles. Today we say extra Tehillim. We give tzedakah. We make a donation to the IDF. By all means, head over to my show note links and make a donation to the campaign I'm running. I would be grateful, and so would the soldiers. We deliver these things from Israeli vendors, so you're also helping the economy and small businesses, uh, and we deliver them straight to the soldiers, who so appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, today is a day that so many are going to just mourn, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to mourn, but we're not just going to sit and cry, because that's not the Jewish way of mourning. If we've learned anything yet, the Jewish way of mourning is supporting each other, loving each other, being there for each other, sitting together, praying, singing, and taking on life with a renewed purpose. Life is for the living. And whoever's listening to this and understanding the words that I'm saying, you are alive today. And that means that you have a mission and a purpose here. And that is not to sit and cry and feel bad for yourself. Even though I feel terribly, terribly Brokenhearted for Eretz Yisrael. I'm just walking today in the mountains. I'm like, are the mountains crying? Are the birds crying? It feels like the land is crying. It feels like the land is, it feels like Eretz Yisrael is in mourning. And everything is as beautiful as usual. And everything is lush and green and there's rain. And the kalaniyot, the little red buttercups, Israel's national flower. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Well, they've they've bloomed all over the place. And, and I was just like, Wow. Any other time, I'd be on my way there to share it on Instagram. And now I'm just like, they bloomed and they're people, hostages who can't see it. They bloomed and there are funerals that people have to attend. So there's no time to hike. So you feel it. And it's okay to cry and mourn. I'm just taking this in, the enormity of it. You know, I'm looking at all their names, which I'm going to read. Uh, the following names have been released from the IDF, fallen in battle in a terrible accident where a building that they were preparing to destroy, they were preparing the the IDF to bring down this building, they were planting the explosives, and Hamas militant terrorists, savages, uh, shot off a really powerful weapon, an RPG of some sorts, maybe a number of them, into the building, and the building collapsed on the Chayalim, killing 21 of them um, and injuring many more. So this, you know, this is an unfolding story here in Israel. People are taking in the faces. Everybody knows somebody. Uh, already parents are being greeted by the press and sharing with the country, how important it is that we all stay united. That's what they wanted. That's what our soldiers fought for. And um, we're going to get through this together. Messages from our government officials are as follows, and then I will share the names of the Chayalim um, one by one. All right. Finance Minister Bitsalos Mutrich referred to the disaster in the center of the Gaza Strip in which 21 fighters were killed and wrote on his Twitter account that it is heartbreaking news. Heartfelt condolences to the families of the heroes. The entire nation of Israel embraces you with a broken and aching heart. According to him, our commitment is that the fall of the boys will not be in vain. These heroes are the pillar of fire in front of the camp who show us the way to continue this moral campaign of the people of Israel until we defeat the face of evil, until we cut off darkness the head of the opposition party, Bibi's opposition, Yair Lapid, 
sent his condolences to the families of the soldiers who fell in this disaster in the center of the Gaza Strip and said, This morning is unbearably difficult with the bitter news of the death of 21 IDF reserve soldiers, heroes of Israel, lovers of the land and its defenders who fell in the Gaza Strip. I send a hug to the families of the fighters. The entire nation of Israel is with you in your difficult time. Uh, Benny Gantz, uh, he said that this is a difficult morning for all the people of Israel upon learning of the terrible disaster that happened yesterday in the Gaza Strip. On this very difficult morning, we must be united. Remember the heavy price we are forced to pay for such a just war and the lofty goal for which our heroes fell to secure our future, to return our daughters and sons and to take care of Israel's victory. According to him, I wish to strengthen and send my deepest condolences. My heart goes out to the families of the fallen and I wish the injured a speedy recovery. And finally, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He said, we must learn the necessary lessons and do everything to preserve the lives of our fighters. The IDF has begun an investigation into the disaster. According to him, yesterday we experienced one of the most difficult days since the outbreak of the war. Truly. I wish to strengthen the families of these heroic warriors who fell on the battlefield. I know that for those families, their lives will be changed forever. I mourn for our fallen heroic soldiers. I hug the families in their time of need. And we all pray for the peace of the wounded. Yeah. All right. The names are as follows. Sergeant Major Matan Lazar, 32, from Haifa. Sergeant First Class Hadar Kepoluk, 23, from Mavobitar. Sergeant Major Sergei Gatmar, 37, from Ramat Gan. Sergeant First Class Alkana Yehuda Sevez, from Kiryat Arba, which is right by Hebron. Sergeant First Class Yuval Lopez, 27, from Alon Shvut. Master Sergeant Yoav Levy, 29, from Yehuda Monasan. Sergeant First Class Nicholas Berger, 22, from Jerusalem. Sergeant First Class Cedric Garin, 23, from Tel Aviv-Yafo. Sergeant Major Rafal Elias Moshayev, 33, from Pardis Khana. Sergeant Major Barak Chaim Ben-Valid, 33, from Rishon Lezion. Druzi Soldier, Sergeant First Class Amud Abu Latif, 26, from Rahat. Captain Nir Binyamin, 29, from Givatayim. Master Sergeant Elkana Vizel, 35, from Bnei Dekalim. Sergeant First Class Israel Sokol, 24, from Karnei Shomron. Captain Ariel Mordechai Wolfstall, 28, from Alazar. Sergeant First Class Sagi Idan, 24, from Rosha Ayin. And Sergeant Major Mark Kananovich, 35, from Herzliya. Baruch Dayan HaEmes. IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari said that the remaining families of the fallen soldiers have been notified. 556 IDF soldiers have been killed since the start of the war on October 7th. More than 200 of them have been killed in the Gaza Strip since the ground maneuver began on October 27th. Engineering forces were booby-trapping 10 two-story buildings located a little more than a half a kilometer from the Gazan side of the border as others were securing the activity. At around 4 p.m., a terrorist approached the scene after coming out of a tunnel and fired an RPG-type missile at a tank that secured the operation. Two soldiers were killed and two were wounded. At the same time, an anti-tank missile was fired at two buildings where dozens of soldiers were staying. According to the estimates, the explosion of the missile in the building caused the trap to explode and the buildings to collapse on the soldiers. 
the commander of the Southern Brigade of the Gaza Division, Lieutenant Colonel Tal Ashur, who commanded over the operation, called in military rescue forces in large numbers, and the rescue operation lasted for many hours. Just awful. I mean, how long will we continue to spare the lives of our enemies at the costs of our son's lives? It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand. So Hamas is offering to give back the hostages, and in return, Israel should pull out their forces and stop the war for two months and return all the prisoners. Yeah, let's return all the prisoners. I've been saying this from the beginning. No problem. Pull out of Gaza, save our soldiers' lives. No more dying here in Israel. That's it. We're done. We are done dying. That's it. We're done. That's it. It's not like a, a local pastime here, like a hobby. Like we're into this. We are not into this. It's awful. So then you drop off all the prisoners on buses, drop them off at Gaza. For all I care, deliver each terrorist, each prisoner to their own house. And that's it. War's over. No problem. We have our hostages back. Amazing. Then you destroy Gaza. That's it. Then you destroy Gaza. Oh, internationally, we said something else. We'll find a loophole. We have very good Jewish lawyers. That we said something and we meant something else. Guess what? It seems to be working for Hamas. So how about we start winning this war and be smart and strategic and stop putting soldiers into a hellhole of terror? It's really just, it's beyond. It's really, really beyond. Obviously, everything is minashamayim and kol hakavod to all our soldiers. All our soldiers, each and every terrific guy from every part of the country. Religious, secular, left, right, it doesn't matter. From, from every part of the country, united with one goal to destroy Hamas. And that's how they died. And as you could see, immediately from the get-go, the message from these boys and their families is going to be over and over, Israel, stay united. Israel, stay united. Jews, stay united. Don't fight for the sake of our boys. Don't make it for naught. Don't make it for nothing. Just stay united. So if you take away anything from the sorrow today, besides the importance of doing a mitzvah instead of sitting in your sorrow, in our sorrow, because it's very easy to do that. I am so tempted, but I have a meeting later, so I'm going to Jerusalem soon. But first, before I let you go, I want to read you something from a book called The Non-Orthodox Jew's Guide to Orthodox Jews from David Baum, Veracity Press. It's a terrific, terrific book. I've read it so many times. This is a chapter called The Meaning of the Land. The idea that a nation should have a homeland seems quite natural. A homeland is indispensable to a nation's self-image and identity. In fact, it is hard to imagine how a nation could function as a nation without a homeland. However, like everything else in this world, the rules that apply to the Jewish nation are different than those that apply to all other nations. The concept and purpose of a homeland for the Jewish nation is radically different than those of a homeland for the rest of the world's nations. God did not promise the land of Israel to Avraham and his descendants, that's us, so that we could have our own cities, merchant fleet, highways, radio stations, and national airline. And he certainly did not promise Avraham the land of Israel so we could conduct ourselves like all the other nations, with their violence, immorality, and meaningless distractions. We might have all the accoutrements of nationhood, like cities, merchant fleet, highways, radio stations, and a national airline, but only as a means of fulfilling our mission, not as means in and of themselves. 
God promised the land of Israel to Abraham and his descendants so that we could create a unique and exceptional society on earth and live a life of closeness to him. By creating a holy society, we would provide an example for the rest of humanity. The nations would learn how to conduct their affairs, legal, financial, social, cultural, and so on, by modeling themselves on the morality of the Jewish nation. The purpose of creation would thereby be fulfilled. We are told repeatedly throughout the Torah that if we keep the mitzvahs, we will enjoy prosperity and longevity in the land. The fertility of the land does not depend on our agriculture expertise or cycles of nature, nor does our safety in the land depend on our military prowess or secure borders. It depends solely on our keeping our end of the bargain that we made at Har Sinai, on Mount Sinai. The land of Israel is, therefore, given to us on condition. As we saw earlier, Moshe, Moshe, Moses had predicted that the Jewish people would prosper, grow fat, and rebel against God's direction. God's response would be a series of troubles and crises designed to snap the Jewish people out of their illusions and bring about a national reordering of priorities. If they did not wake up, they would eventually be exiled. That is the formula. If we use the land properly, we will prosper. But if we decide to use the Holy Land for the life that is not in consonance with God's express purpose, we will be ejected. Throughout the Torah, the holiness of the land is continuously emphasized, as if to say that an unholy life cannot be tolerated by the land itself. In the one place in the Torah where the laws of marital relationships are listed, God says that if we conduct ourselves immorally, the land itself will become defiled and will literally vomit us out, just as a human being will throw up rotten food. A clear indication of this conditional relationship is the very profound fact that Har Sinai is not located in the land of Israel. The Jewish people received the Torah outside the land of Israel, and only when we had the Torah were we brought into the land. That is, we entered the land already in the possession of the Torah and leading a life of mitzvahs. Possession of the land is predicated upon the fulfillment of the Torah. The purpose of the land is the ultimate fulfillment of the Torah. Another important point is that getting expelled does not mean that we relinquish ownership. Listen up, people in, in Chutzlaretz. The land of Israel belongs to the children of Israel regardless of whether or not we are present. We own the deed and squatters do not acquire any rights to it. This is evidenced by Moshe's prophecies, Moshe's prophecies promising that we will eventually be returned to the land. In fact, as we saw earlier, once the Jewish people are evicted, the land will dry up and die and not allow another nation to settle it. It will be put on the shelf, so to speak, to await to the return of its rightful owner. But on a deeper level, the land of Israel is essential to our lives for another reason. It is in this land that Hashem's presence is felt more keenly. It is only in this land that a person's spirituality can reach its full flower. This is why God commanded Avraham to go there, and this is why prophecy is only attainable in Israel. It is the natural environment for a life of righteousness, piety, and love for one's fellow Jew. Havas Yisrael. Just as certain regions of the world are renowned for producing the highest quality or the most delicious produce, while other places cannot, Israel's national product, listen to this, is spiritual, not physical. The Talmud states that the air alone makes a person wise. For this reason, the Talmud also teaches us that it's preferable to live in Israel among non-Jews 
than to live outside of Israel among Jews. In addition, many of the 613 mitzvahs can only be performed and fulfilled in Israel. But just like the vines in Italy and France, the olives in Greece and the tea in India must be cultivated and cared for, so must our product be properly grown and maintained. Without a life of Tyra and mitzvahs, the natural fruit of Israel will not grow to its full potential. So today, do a mitzvah and remember that Hashem runs the world and that we have to tune in to the messages and uh, take action. That's what mitzvahs are. They're action. So put some metal to the pedal, make something positive happen. An act of goodness and kindness can go a very long way. Call a friend that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Apologize for something. Just apologize. I know it's uncomfortable, but you'll feel better after you do it. And make a donation to the fundraiser in my show note links and share this with a friend. That's an act of goodness and kindness. Uh, hopefully I won't have to come back for an emergency podcast tomorrow, but if you need me, you know where to find me. You can leave me a speak pipe. That's a voice note. Thank you, by the way, to the Labavitcher who sent me a voice note. We will discuss that uh, <laughs> disgruntled listener um, in the next episode. Take care, guys. IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari said that the remaining families of the fallen soldiers have been notified. 556 IDF soldiers have been killed since the start of the war on October 7th.